At AGI, we take grain bin safety seriously. With Bin Manager, from the convenience of your smartphone, you can know the condition of stored grain without having to climb a ladder or stairs to monitor temperature and moisture. AGI Bin Manager is fully automated, meaning you can trust that grain is safe and in condition without returning to the bin to turn on or off fans and heaters. With advanced algorithms to optimize fan and heater controls, you can be confident that your hard-earned harvest will be in condition when it is time to sell. Find AGI Bin Manager at aggrowth.com digital. Hi, I'm Caitlin Dubin, and this is the Rural Woman Podcast. I'm a first-generation farmer who married into agriculture. Born and raised in a city, I was so unfamiliar with where my food came from, but I was determined to figure it out. Through my journey into agriculture, I saw women who were strong but humble, often taking a back seat. To me, these women were leaders who deserved a seat at the table. I created the Rural Woman Podcast to share the voices of women in an industry whose stories often went untold. The rural entrepreneurs who live and breathe their work, full of grit and pride. We come here to share our stories, to be in community with each other, to be challenged and inspired, but most importantly, to be celebrated and to be heard. We may not all live, farm, ranch or homestead the same, but we are all connected. We are rural women and our stories are worthy of being told. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's special episode of the Rural Woman Podcast. We are featuring podcasts from the Positively Farming Media Podcast Network. And today we are featuring my interview from the Just Grow Something podcast hosted by Karen Velez, where we chatted all about my journey into gardening. You may remember Karen from episode 135 of the Rural Woman podcast. Karen and I also recorded a bonus episode for my patrons about how to start your own CSA, where we deep dive into everything that you need to know if you've ever been interested or considered starting your own CSA. To hear that bonus episode, as well as all of the other bonus content, plus my solo podcast, Maybe You Can Relate, you can head on over to patreon.com slash the Rural Woman Podcast to join us at tier 10 or higher to get all of the bonus goodness. Without further ado, my friends, let's get to this week's special episode of the Just Grow Something Podcast. Hello, my gardening friends, and welcome back to the Just Grow Something podcast. On Tuesday, we talked all about expanding your gardens, and today I'm talking with my new friend, Caitlin Dubin, from the Rural Woman podcast. Caitlin had never gardened before moving to her husband's family farm in rural Alberta, and she had never intended to garden even after moving. But after embracing the rural lifestyle, Caitlin dove into growing her own food, beginning with a few pots of lettuce on her front steps and ending with a spaghetti squash monster and a new love for gardening. Caitlin expanded her garden in 2021, and we talked all about modifying expectations, the importance of knowing how to grow your own food, even if you don't have to, 
gardening as a way to clear your head, and so much more. I know you will enjoy this conversation and come away with a great feeling about expanding your own garden, too. Let's dig in. Hey, I'm Karen. I started gardening years ago in a small corner of my suburban backyard, then moved to a five-acre lot outside city limits and expanded that garden to half an acre. What started as a way to provide for my family turned into a love for digging in the dirt and providing for others. Slowly, my husband and I built our small homestead into a 40-acre market farm through lots of trial and error and successes and failures. Eventually, I went back to school to get my degree in horticulture, and along the way, I discovered there is power in food. So I want to share everything I've learned with as many people as possible. This podcast is all about helping you become a better gardener and a better eater. Whether you're a seasoned gardener or have never grown a thing in your life, I want to give you the knowledge you need to get the biggest and best harvest you can. So settle in, grab that garden journal, and get ready to just grow something. Caitlin, thank you so much for agreeing to come on the Just Grow Something podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. I am completely fangirling right now because this is my favorite gardening podcast. <laughs> uh, so you are a grain farmer in Alberta, Canada. You are a farm wife. You are the host of the Rural Woman podcast, a podcast that I listen to so I get to fangirl at the same time. I encourage my listeners to listen to. You share the stories of women involved in all parts of agriculture, you know, farming, ranching, homesteading, agribusinesses, but you did not grow up a rural woman. You married into the rural farm life, right? I sure did. Yeah. I refer to myself as a first generation farmer. So did you grow up in suburban areas or more urban areas? I grew up in what we would call like a mid-sized city in Alberta. So I think we're we're in third place for third biggest city in Alberta. So there's about a hundred thousand people now, but I was born and raised in Southern Alberta and we are surrounded by agriculture and I knew nothing about the industry. So did you ever have or grow a vegetable garden when you were younger, when you were growing up, when you weren't living in a rural area? Can I tell you a story that my mom Absolutely. really loves talking about? Okay. So I don't even remember how old I was. I remember and it's funny because when my mom tells the story and my dad tells the story, they're two different stories. But um, she had said that she wanted to grow a garden in the backyard. So my dad got the rototiller out and like made her a bed in the garden, in the grass and all of these things to make, you know, vegetables, grow vegetables. Sure, yeah, so yeah. and I, you know, Karen, I don't even remember what was in there. But this story is told many times even to this day that I went back there and I was freaking out because I was like, mom, there is a pickle in the garden. Like I was so excited. And then that's when she let me know <laughs> that cucumbers are, you know, pickled into pickles. So yeah, that was the embarrassing story that she still loves telling to this day. So that was honestly my exposure to growing food and really not knowing where it came from. And 
looking back now, like just my lack of knowledge, I, I thought food came from a grocery store. No, you're not alone though. I mean that I have a lot of kids, especially the pickle thing. Don't feel bad or embarrassed because I have a ton of kids that come to the farmer's market stand and they, we sell the little pickling cucumbers just in pints for people to take and snack on. And if they want more to to actually make pickles out of, they can buy them in bulk, but the kids inevitably mom, look, pickles, pickles. And the moms, no, no, it's not a pickle yet. (laughs) They have that same conversation. Um, But yeah, we, we had read at one point, there was an article that we'd read about where they were asking kids, you know, where does this come from? Where does that come from? They asked them where eggs came from. And it was, well, at the back of the grocery store, that comes from the refrigerated section. It wasn't that it came from a a chicken, (laughs) you know, I mean, the same thing, you know, uh, people find out that peanuts, you know, grow underground and not from a tree or, you know, all these different things. And you don't know a lot of that if you've never been exposed to it. Mm -hmm. So you, you got married, you end up you know, on this rural farm and you are introduced to the farm life. Um, and you decided to start your own garden. What made you decide to start gardening? It's really interesting because I can remember having conversations on my wedding day from folks on Justin, my husband's side of the family and like family friends and everything Oh, you must be so excited to have all of this space to grow a garden because previously my husband's grandmother, Baba, his Ukrainian Baba, had the most elaborate garden out here. And even in her city yard where, you know, I had been to and I had seen her entire backyard is a garden. There's no grass back there. It is all soil. It's all, that's all she did. She grew food. And I looked at all of this and I was like, oh, hell no. Like, I'm not doing that. What are you talking about? Like, I have other things to do. Like what I would normally do on a weekend would be go to a Starbucks and go to a farmer's market and buy their vegetables. And I just thought that was really fun to do. And I would go with my girlfriends. We'd go to a spin class afterwards, like all of these things. I had absolutely no interest in starting a garden. And it wasn't really until I realized that growing food was really cool. Like, I just think it is the process of it is so neat. And I get to see it on a really big scale. I get to see it on the grain side where we are growing thousands of acres of organic grains for people. And then I was like, well, I think I could probably have a garden. I could probably grow something. And it honestly started out with pots on the front step growing uh, lettuce and growing like just different little things. And then that's kind of when I got the bug for it. I was like, well, if I can grow lettuce on a step, what can I do next? And we have so much room out here to grow whatever it is we want. Um, but I, I think I was really naive to the fact of what it actually takes to grow, um, a successful garden as in, you know, you can eat food from it afterwards. So I have definitely gone through like the multiple stages of gardening, whether that was from in a pot on the step to I'm going to build beautiful garden boxes with trellises and all of these things to now I'm trying to convince my husband that he should let me have a rototiller because I can 
<laughs> make it even bigger. Wow. <laughs> it's like, it's kind of an addiction. Like once you start growing things, it's like, what else can I grow now? Absolutely. So you started with the pots and then, so then you went, then you moved to raised beds. Yes. Yeah. Raised beds. And, and that was uh, what 2020 was that your first like actual garden? 2020 was when I was going to give it the good old college try, like with everyone else in the world of, you know, pandemic life, we're going to grow a garden. That is honestly when I really got into it. Um, and then I can say that grew to bigger raised boxes in 2021 and 2022 this year, I have my boxes all planned. I have, I know what worked last year for me and what didn't work. And like I said, I really want a rototiller, but my husband <laughs> is not for that. I have to tell him you're just trying to be like his Baba. Is that, was that yes. his grandma? Yeah. Tell him today. Yeah. That'll, that'll convince him right there. I can't be like Baba if I don't have my own rototiller. Yeah. But to be honest, Karen, I don't like Baba is the woman that I aspire to be the most. And it's, she is 95 years old. She has just a whole lifetime of stories to tell you. And the way that she looks at food and the way that she has grown food her entire life, she is just, she's, a, I get teary eyed thinking about Baba. She is just, I fangirl over Baba too. And about how she grows food and what she's been able to do with food, how many, like her family, she fed from this farm for many, many years. And uh, yeah, she is absolutely my inspiration to be a better gardener. <laughs> That's amazing. So you started with pots and you were just doing lettuces and stuff. And then you jumped into the raised beds. What did you plant that first year? And how was that transition from just doing the few little pots of lettuces to all of this? Right. It was overwhelming. And I definitely took off more than I could chew when it came to growing things and growing so many different things. And it's been really interesting to realize how much water things need. <laughs> and the manual labor, if you don't have systems in place and all of these things. And, you know, it's really interesting. My mother has the most beautiful yard. She could be in better homes and gardens. Like she just has beautiful perennial plants and she buys annuals every year. She spends so much time and effort in her yard. And for a really long time, I thought that's what I had to do. Mm -hmm. And that's what I had to do out here. And on this scale, like my, my yard is, is huge. Right. Like it. It takes me like for lawn maintenance, it takes like four to five hours to mow grass out here. Like there's a lot to do and kind of scaling back and thinking about it. Well, what can I do myself? Like I don't have help here doing this. My husband isn't my co-gardener. Right. Like, he, he's working. He got other things to do. Um, so maintaining the yard and doing these things. And like aspiring to be in better homes and gardens, like that's something that I, I never will be. And I don't think I ever want to, right? Like I want something that looks beautiful to me that I know is meaningful to me. I know the plants names. I know what they do, that kind of thing. So I have a very large perennial bed that I've been working on for like the last five years to make it beautiful to me. We don't use synthetic chemicals here on the farm. Um, we are certified organic. 
on the grain side, but we've also just adopted that into our yard maintenance. So I have a wonderful yard for bees in the fact that I can grow dandelions like no (laughs) other. Um, (laughs) When we think about things like for people who don't live in a rural setting or haven't grown up this way, I always think about it in the terms like you don't know what you Mm -hmm. don't know. Some advice that my lovely mother had given me. Well, if you just go out every morning with a five gallon bucket and a dandelion digger, like, like your dandelions will be gone eventually. I'm like, are you crazy? Like, (laughs) no, they won't. (laughs) They just keep coming. They blow in, they do right. Like, and I just chalk it up to people don't know what they don't know. And if you don't live out here and if you don't see what blows around and all of these things, like you're just not going to know. Um, so yeah, like I, I jumped in, I took off more than I can chew. So I had my original year in 2020, I had, um, these smaller boxes that a friend of ours had built, um, for their acreage. Uh, unfortunately his poor wife had like broke her leg, uh, that year and they couldn't use them. So we actually used them, um, for wildflower, um, trials the first year that we had them. So that was back in 2019, but in 2020, I was like, no, I'm going to grow vegetables in these. And they're just these small boxes. And overall they did really well. I'm really good at growing lettuce. Like I could feed salads to the masses, other things, were kind of a trial for me and kind of figuring out, well, how much water do they need? Should this be in this box with this thing? That kind of, like, it was really interesting. My uh, most productive crop was my spaghetti squash. And I called it a spaghetti squash monster. It literally took over the entire box and like grew out onto the lawn. Like it was everywhere. Uh Yeah. (laughs) I was like, oh, so this is what squash do. They squash everything. So while you were trying to figure out what goes with what you said, okay, well, it was kind of trial and error. Like, you know, what were you using as resources to try to, was it, was it all trial and error or were you trying to look some stuff up at the same time? I definitely look things up and then either would be like, that's a great idea and forget about it. Or I would just be like, I'm sure it's fine if we plant all of these seeds in this one spot. (laughs) So honestly, it has been trial and error. And I think though, for me, gardening is more of a therapeutic thing. I am not growing to feed anyone else besides me, my husband and the crew that I have to feed all year. But at the end of the day, if my garden doesn't work out, we're not going to starve. So I really have that privilege. I take it with a grain of salt when I'm doing this. I'm like, I'm learning along the way. I want it to be successful. I want to have this produce. I want to do these things with it. But at the end of the day, it's really therapeutic for me to grow food. And that is something that five years ago, Caitlin would have never said. Oh yeah, for sure. (laughs) So what was the significant difference you think between that 2020 sort of expanded garden into 2021? Did you feel like you did better in 2021? Like you learned from some of those lessons that you made and what did you change along the way? So the 2019 gardening, so the lettuce Mm -hmm. on the step kind of thing, I went away for a holiday. I say a holiday. I went away for like two Mm -hmm. days and I had asked my husband, to water these while I was away. Mm. He didn't. So they died. Uh, So then it was like, okay, well, 
I, I know what I'm doing now. Like they just need more water and whatever else. So then 2020, not really having a super solid plan, but knowing they need more water to the spaghetti squash catastrophe of 2020. I was like, okay, like, I think I'm kind of getting the hang of this, which it doesn't sound like it at all. But I just knew that I had this love of growing in my garden and it was a therapeutic thing. So in the summer of 2021, my dad and I spent a couple weekends together creating my garden oasis on the farm. And they are six foot by four foot garden boxes. I have four of them and they are connected by hog panels as trellises. I love and they, that. everything except for the hog panel was completely recycled because if anybody remembers how expensive wood yeah. was for the last couple of years, I couldn't really justify spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars on building garden boxes for tomatoes that I didn't even know if I could really grow. Right. So we actually used old corral boards from the feedlot that's on our property to build them. And they're all smooth from where the cattle had rubbed on them and they're beautiful, but they're also very crooked. Mm -hmm. So my dad and I spent hours and hours going through all of this old wood, trying to find the straightest boards that we could. I swear to God that the screws on these boxes are 14 feet long because we had to like get it to <laughs> yeah. match up. Right. And then there's a book that was suggested by a girlfriend of mine um, who has a flower farm that's near where we are. And this is how she started gardening was square foot uh -huh. gardening yeah. and looking that up. Right. So I bought that book and I like dove in. I was obsessed with it. I was like, this is what I'm doing. Like, I want to grow all of this food and all of these boxes and see how it goes. And in 2020, I did start a few seeds indoors, but in 2021, I definitely started more seeds indoors. Um, and there's definitely things that I enjoyed starting. And then there's things I was just like, I'm just going to go buy the starts for these because I'm not trying to win an award here. For right, right. Sometimes <laughs> it's just not garden, worth right? the and effort if you're just not enjoying yeah. what it is that you're starting. Yeah, exactly. So I set off in my square foot gardening boxes. Once we got all of the growing material in there, the soil, um, we, we laid down a layer of weed fabric on the bottom. We put cardboard and then we put some wood on the bottom and then we've layered it with old composted straw. And the majority of my soil that's in these boxes is compost that we create here on the farm um, through the cattle manure that we use. We produce like tens of thousands of tons of compost for our fields. So I just go get my bucket and my shovel and just like yes. get it before they spread it all over the field. Right. So I'm pretty lucky in that way. So I, I did that and I kind of planned out my beds of where I was going to put my brassicas and my tomato box and all the basil that I put in there. I'm really super proud of my tomato box of 2021. That was the most successful box in growing. Um, and I had built trellises out of branches from a tree uh, in Baba's yard that is in town. We had to go do some yard maintenance in Baba's yard. And we had all of these beautiful birch branches and I took them home. And that's what I built my trellis out of with old twine that I found in the basement here. So whoever's twine it was from however many years ago, visually, it was a very beautiful garden. 
production wise, it was a super, super hot year. And again, I really underestimate the amount of water. things. Need. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and I think that's part of the learning process too. When you are first starting out in gardening, you have to figure, you know, you can read all these things about what your typical climate is like and how, what you should expect, but every year is different. Every area has its mm-hmm. own little microclimate. You know, your garden is going to be different sometimes from, you know, your neighbor, either right next door or five miles up the road. So the only way that you're really going to learn all of that is through through trial and error and experience and trying to to figure it out. Are you hand watering or did you run drip lines or irrigation of any kind into your garden? It was all hand watering for me this year. uh, But one of my asks of my husband uh, for this winter project was to figure out how we're going to get some drip line over there and do it that way between watering, like my perennial garden and the garden boxes themselves, like in theory, it shouldn't take that long, but when it was that hot Mm -hmm. hauling water anywhere is a pain in the butt and having the ability to just take that one thing away. Like I love going out there and I love watering and I love doing all of those things. But I also know that if let's say I need to get up and go get parts, or if I need to go feed the goats, or I need to record a podcast or all of these things, like I can get some help with watering. I think it's going to be okay. So do you use mulch (laughs) at all? Yes. Yeah. So when we are creating our big compost windrows and everything, there's like so many different things that we are able to actually put into the compost to give it more more zhuzh. So like we have composted or decomposing uh, wood chips mm. and all of those mm-hmm. things. So I honestly, Karen, I just kind of throw a little bit of everything in there and I don't really have a rhyme or reason for it. And I've loved the episodes that you've done about soil health. And I have to say, I am not great when it comes to soil health and I'm really not interested in it. If I can share a quick story of why, um, when we got married, it was just never my intention to be a member of the farm, like of a working member. Like I was, I had a job in the city. I worked, I had a salary, I had a pension. I had all of these things. That was my goal. I was just going to like, this is where I was going to come and see my farmer husband. And, you know, didn't work out that way for me. I know there's lots of people who have, you know, city jobs versus like being on the farm and things. And it was just, it was really overwhelming the amount of change that I went through. And when I got here, my first summer here, I really fell in love with working here and all of the things. So when I did, you know, jump in with my boots on saying, I'm going to be a farmer and all of the things. Uh, My husband really wanted me to kind of learn a bit of everything. And in the winter had access to an amazing soil health program that was step-by-step module by module, like learning the basics of soil health. And I was like, "I I could probably do this. The first like module to module and a half, I was like, okay, I think I understand this. I like recognize some words that they're trying to teach me. And then after that, Karen, it was just like in one ear and out the other, I have like no recollection of anything. (laughs) Like when he says things like uh, microbes and that kind of like, I kind of get it. I pick up Mm -hmm. on some of the basics, but it's not my thing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I get it. But you know, the good thing is that you're using a lot of that compost and, and you guys are, you know, creating that and that in and of itself is going to give you, you know, what you need. I mean, you you probably have a fabulous nutrient level in there. And if you, the easiest, the easiest test is just to say, okay, is my stuff growing really well? And do I have like worms and stuff in, in my beds? If you have those two things, then your soil health is probably okay. <laughs> Right. And I honestly, like, I really rely on people like you to teach me the basics and the things that I need to know. And like you said, if it's growing, then it's probably okay. <laughs> and the whole, you know, cause you know me, I mean, I geek out about all of that. Like that is completely my wheelhouse. I love the talk to me right. about chelates and, you know, all the, you know, ions and this, that, and the other, but I know that not everybody gives two hoots about that. So, <laughs> and this is funny because, you know, this, this year, you know, I'm doing a bunch of changing and updates and stuff with the podcast. I'll still continue to touch on that a little bit, but for those that really want to geek out, I'm actually going to have a whole separate series over on Patreon. So good. That's going to be here. These brief little 10 minute snippets of here, this is, we're really going to dig deep into and let you geek out. If you want to geek out along with me, if you want to hear the, you know, the nitty gritty, because there are a couple of people who have said, Hey, we, can you talk more about this? And I'm like, mm, I would love to, but not on the, not on the podcast. People don't want to hear all about that, but you know, we'll, we'll share it someplace else, which will be fine. So yeah, that's so great. And honestly, like for the people who do geek out about this stuff, Keep on geeking, man, because there's so many people out there just like you. And as soon as you start talking about it, you find your people. So. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. What was your most successful uh, crop last year? And how was that different from, from the, the year before? Well, I am still really great at growing lettuce and spinach and all of the things. So whatever's in that compost, it is like pristine for <laughs> lettuce production. Um, tomatoes, they were pretty good. Like I had lots of tomatoes. I saw pictures of your tomatoes and your trellises. Um, they were so, so cute. Lots of them didn't turn red on the vine, which was a pain in the butt for me because we, our frost seemed quite early. But again, yeah. we live in a climate that, you know, it could be snowing in August sometimes and you just never know. It is just, it it's really wild. So I had a lot of green tomatoes that either, you know, had to ripen in the basement and all of those things. I'm trying to think. Uh, spaghetti squash again was really great. Uh, and this year I got to grow it over the trellis. So it didn't squash everything below it. Nice. So that was neat. And it was kind of interesting to see these like squash hanging from this trellis. And there was only a couple times I ran into them with my head. <laughs> But all of my, like my herbs and everything did really good. I had so much trouble with worms on my brassicas and they were just a pain in the butt. My peas, like my snap peas, it was so hot. They just fried. Mm -hmm. Like it was just, yeah, those were not, not really great. My cucumbers lackluster again, probably due to the watering aspect of it. But mm -hmm. yeah, it was all like nothing was horrible. I, well, besides, I would say the snap peas were horrible because I only got like I got a, about a handful and I would eat them while I was out there. So that was about it. But it was a learning experience and uh, it was really fun. And I'm I'm itching to do it again. So.
Growers have a lot to consider when it comes to storing grain. Are you getting the most out of your on-farm grain storage? Could an aeration model help to better determine fan, heater, or dryer needs? And what is the ROI if you installed a bin manager system to remote monitor and control in-bin grain conditioning? At AGI, we want you to ask the tough questions about how Bin Manager allows growers like you to know exactly what is happening inside your bins without climbing a ladder or stairs, or how you can benefit from remotely monitoring your grain temperature and moisture from a smartphone, or how fully automated fans and heaters can provide peace of mind all season long. Contact an AGI representative today for a free on-farm smart storage assessment. Find AGI Bin Manager at aggrowth.com digital. That's aggrowth.com digital. Do you, so do you keep a garden journal of any kind to kind of keep notes from, from season to season? Yeah, I do. Um, especially because I'm, I'm terrible at thinking I'll remember this and I never do. Um, so I definitely started a notebook of just like writing like notes and especially in these boxes where things were planted and kind of rotating those boxes and doing it that way. So I know this year of not putting like the exact same things and where they were and that kind of thing. So, and I picked these up from you. So, (laughs) so thinking back for, for last year's garden, what are you likely going to stick with and what are you likely going to change up for this year's garden? Well, I really liked my tomato box and how I interplanted my basil and marigolds and all of that. So I'm definitely going to do that just in a separate box. I'm not going to grow potatoes in these boxes this year. I I did okay with my potatoes. Like I, I got quite a few and there are some pretty good sizes, but they were a pain in the butt to kind of manage in a box. So that's, that's why I want rototiller, but my husband's like, you don't need a potato field. <laughs> well, then I can tell you, if you do still want to do potatoes, try doing them in buckets or in barrels. Yes. Yeah. And that that's is another way, good way to do it. You can just dump them out and that way there's all your potatoes. Well, and last year I tried, so being a multi-generational farm, there's multi-generations of things here. So one of those things was an old tub and I tried to grow potatoes in the tub this last year. And I affectionately called it the tater tub and it actually didn't do too bad, but there needs to definitely be more drainage holes because in the spots that it wasn't draining correctly, there was some, some nasty taters down there, but they did grow. So it, it was really interesting, but yeah, I, uh, I've seen the bucket stuff and I'm, I'm honestly open to trying anything. Cause I just like, for me, it's fun. So will you try the brassicas again this year, even though the worms were such a problem last year? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Like I grew brassicas in 2020 and I feel like I had those worms then as well, but we are surrounded by canola fields so they can spray for their worms and then they'll just all come over here. So (laughs) Right. Oh no. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I don't think so though. I'm like, I, they take up so much space in those boxes for like the one head. So I really feel like unless I have a space where I'm growing multiples or I'm going to cover them when they start like to keep those out of there. I don't know. I don't know if I'm a brassica fan. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, sometimes you just have to decide what's worth the effort and what's not. If you're no longer getting, you know, joy out of it, you know, and it's right. it's just more frustration than it's worth, then, you know, that's when you nix it and say, okay, I'm going to try something else. Yeah. I have to say though, like picking those little gross worms off and like squishing them, that's kind of like a, a relief to a stress relief. I don't know if that makes me. A little garden therapy out there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. One, one final question. If you could go back to that very first year of gardening and give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be? Water. <laughs> More water. Have a better watering system. But honestly, like my my real piece of advice to like first gardening, Caitlin, like don't don't bite off more than you can chew and do it with curiosity and find out what works for you and find out what you like doing uh, and grow from there literally and figuratively. Because I think if you have the opportunity to grow food, I think you should do it. And I, you can be growing on a farm or you can be growing in a flower pot on your windowsill. Like, I just think the power of growing something that you can eat is something that I wish all people would learn how to do at least one time in their life, just to say they know how to do it and that they have done it. So I think I would just tell her, slow your roll, figure out what works, what you have time for, and uh, just enjoy the process. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for being on today. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Thank you so much for having me, Karen. And thank you for being my friend in the garden. I love it. I'm happy to do it. With all the considerations I mentioned in Tuesday's episode, I guess I failed to mention just how good it can make you feel just to work in your garden space. And maybe that's the only reason you need for expanding your space. Caitlin admits her bigger garden didn't produce all that well, but it sure hasn't deterred her from wanting to tackle it again this year. Maybe the feelings we get from growing our own food, successfully or not, are the biggest reason to give it a try. You heard Caitlin mention it was not her intention to be an active member of the farm when she married her husband, but she quickly found a passion for the farm life. As an avid podcast listener, Caitlin found herself searching for a podcast that shared the important roles women in agriculture provide for the industry. When she couldn't find a podcast that met her criteria, she began working on her own podcast. In the spring of 2019, she launched the Rural Woman Podcast, and I highly encourage you to give it a listen. If you want to catch up with Caitlin, you can follow her on social media at Wild Rose Farmer and wildrosefarmer.com, and I will shamelessly plug the episode of her podcast where she interviewed me. That's episode 135. I'll link to it in the show notes. Until next week, my friends, keep on cultivating that dream garden, and I'll talk to you again soon. You just finished another episode of the Just Grow Something podcast. For more information about today's topic, head on over to JustGrowSomethingPodcast.com for all the episodes, show notes, blog posts, discount codes, and more. Don't forget to sign up for the newsletter while you're there. You can also head to Facebook and join a community of other gardeners asking questions and sharing their experiences in the Just Grow Something Gardening Friends Facebook group. And if you want to support this show even further, head to patreon.com slash just grow something to find out how. Until next time, my gardening friends, keep learning, keep growing, and we'll talk again soon. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's from the members of the Positively Farming Media Podcast Network. 
If you would like to learn more about the network as well as the podcast mastermind, you can head on over to positivelyfarmingmedia.com to learn more and to join us. If you are a podcaster in the food and agriculture space, we welcome you to our table. Or if you're thinking about starting your own podcast, we have a seat for you too. So head on over to positivelyfarmingmedia.com to learn more. We will see you back here next week with another special episode from the Positively Farming Media Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to the Rural Woman Podcast, a proud member of the Positively Farming Media Podcast Network. The Rural Woman Podcast is more than just a podcast. We are a community. A huge thank you to the Rural Woman Podcast team, audio editor Max Hofer, and admin support from Kim & Co. Online. A special thanks to our Patreon executive producers, Sarah Reedner from Happiness by the Acre and Carrie Munven from Laystone Farms. To learn how you can become a Patreon executive producer or other ways to financially support the show, head on over to wildrosefarmer.com to learn more. Be sure to hit the follow or subscribe button wherever you listen to the podcast to get the latest episodes directly on your playlist. And if you are loving the show, please be sure to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that accepts ratings and reviews. You can connect with us on social media at The Rural Woman Podcast and with me at Wild Rose Farmer. One of the best ways you can support the show is by sharing it. Send this episode to a friend or share on your social media. Let's strengthen and amplify the voices of women in agriculture together. Until next time, my friend, keep sharing your story. Your story.